Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole, and whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. That's pretty straightforward, I guess. I don't know Uh how much you want me to to unpack there. Oh, no, I'm very familiar with this. Uh, I imagine you would be because of John, right? No, I have uh, have Blue Shield. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) it has a a shield with a, a stick with a serpent on it. Okay. And um, and there's there's uh, different there's different levels. <laughs> Fiducius, I believe and, is what uh, that one is. A personal physician. An HMO, HMO and a BPO. And beneath that, you mean Blue it, Cross Blue Shield? You, well, yeah, but it's on it, the snake is on the shield. It's not, <laughs> it's not on the cross. Okay. I have no idea Although what that you're might be talking exegetical, about. Uh, <laughs> I think actually, anyway. Blue Cross Blue Shield. You're thinking of John three, I think. At that I point. think I was yeah. thinking of John three. Anyway, where we have the the level just beneath the HMO where you just you, you can come in and look at a snake on a stick <laughs> that's it it's but it's very low copay so sure sure the copay's right <laughs> yeah oh boy at least recovered <laughs> got that peace of mind I don't even know where to go from there so I'm gonna pretend it didn't happen okay uh, welcome to reading in church and other distractions with Rob and Mike well welcome back to reading in church and other distractions I am Robert Wallace I'm Michael McKeever and we are in the what day is it? Fifth Sunday, fifth Sunday in Lent. Lent. It's fifth Sunday in Lent, so it's mm. it's of Advent. It's in Lent. It's after Pentecost. I'm gonna get my prepositions right. That's the liturgy of the palms. It is. It is. That's not yet. That's next week. No, I know. But, it's coming up. <laughs> it is coming up. Yes. Is that still considered um, Lent? Yes, it is. It is actually. Yeah, we're still yeah. learning. You know, yeah. second year into this. You know, by the end, we might almost know something. I reckon that, we will. <laughs> That's a callback for you. Uh, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34 uh, is our first Old Testament text. The second one, we'll do Psalm 51 because we've done Psalm 119 a time or two. So selections of Psalm 51. Again, we sure don't want to read a whole psalm. I mean, goodness knows the kind of crazy theology we get there. Hebrews chapter 5, 5 to 10. And then John 12. All right. So we've leapt forward a little bit in John too, right? Yeah, we're all over. Kind of doing that. Uh, so hope that uh, you had a great week. Hope you will like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Um, send us an email at readinginchurch at gmail.com. Uh, we will answer that on the air. Yep. Uh, and uh, i trying to think of anything else going on. Anything going on with you? I got to tell you, personally, very excited because last night at midnight, Weird Al Yankovic dropped the Hamilton polka. So I am <laughs> oh, thrilled. Wow. Five and a half oh, minutes oh of my. Hamilton polka. Wow. Um, Lynn Manuel okay. Miranda also thrilled by this uh, and was <laughs> did tweeting, anybody know that was tweeting coming? furiously. I did not find out about it until yesterday. I heard oh, it was my. coming, but uh, I didn't know that it was being released then. And so, yeah, five and a half minutes of he is more successful than any than all the people he's that he's made up fun of. Yes, <laughs> just by just by being around so long. Yeah. And our colleague likes to say that his his behind the music is the most boring of all of the behind the music because <laughs> yeah. all the other behind the right. musics are here's where this person worked mm-hmm. really hard and achieved great success and fell into a spiral of drugs yeah. until they finally were able to come out of it and make yeah. a comeback. Yeah. And Weird Al's is always he did really well and made lots of money. Yeah, and he stayed upbeat about s- it. Still doing okay, yeah. hanging in there. Lives so. in Hawaii. Yeah, lives <laughs> in Maui. Doing all right, Weird Al. Doing but yeah, okay. so that was that was pretty exciting last night to have the <laughs> the that. Hamilton polka. Okay. 
So that's a long book. Of well, it's about it's all about five and a half minutes, and yeah, and it's got themes from and his diction. The dude is really very yeah. clear, and really, if you're going to be a parody, I guess you need to be. Yeah, really good. So awesome. That's not. I, I don't know if you're going to be Ooh. using any Weird Al as part of your uh, Lenten <laughs> celebrations, the, uh, but bumper uh, music or something. It's <laughs> good. Well, stuff. it's going to be our break, so uh, our spring break. That's right, spring break. That's true. Are you. You doing anything fun for spring break? I'm not. Yeah, okay. My wife is going to California, but I'm holding down the fort. Okay. I am also not. We have uh, three of us. Uh, my wife obviously works. The other three of us are part of educational institutions with spring breaks. There are four weeks up for grabs yeah. in March, and none of us have no, any overlap. I know. So Same with my son. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm the first week in March. My uh, older son has the second half of the second week and the third week. and oh, then. boy. My youngest son has the last week, so it is a uh, thinking about the families. We're not gonna do anything together, <laughs> no. so just the way it is. So it's a unique time alone. Have right. a house alone. Well, I'll get to write, so that'll yeah. be good. Great. Got some writing projects that are due. So. I'm ready to go. If you're All ready right. to go, let's do some Jeremiah here. Jeremiah right. thirty-one, thirty-one to thirty-four. Okay. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. A covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. By the way. (laughs) But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the last of them least. to the, oh, from the mm-hmm. least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. All right. This, Mike, you'll be happy to know, comes from the Book of Comfort in ah, Jeremiah. Yes. Isaiah's Book of Comfort. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is the yeah Jer- Jeremiah. This is the the hopeful part of Jeremiah, which um, are harder to find. Uh, you yeah, need to, you need to look. You need to look for those rays um, of sunlight. One of the one of the frustrating parts about Jeremiah is that it is not arranged in any semblance of order. Mm. I have I know scholars who disagree with me on that and say that it's ordered thematically or it's ordered this way or ordered that way. But chaos is the organizing principle. It does just seem fa- to be. Yes, to recognize it. that's what it is. It is it is chaotic. And so this is a this is an up part after much uh, frustration that God has had with Israel. Uh, and so this is this is starting in that that book of comfort. It's also the only place in which the phrase "new covenant" occurs in the Old oh. Testament. Mm. Um, something that's kind of important for you, as mm. that is the name of your whole uh, section of the Bible. Yeah, is the new the appendix. The new that's right. The, well, you know how sequels are. <laughs> um, but this is this is a, a a view of hope that is. Well, I will say this: this passage has been unfortunately used in a in a very supersessionist way at mm. times. And, Are you just going to go there? Uh, yeah, and that's unfortunate. What does that word mean? Uh, supersessionist. Yeah. Uh, it's it's that notion that uh, eclipsed. Yeah. The church is eclipsed. God has God has has rejected the Jews mm. in favor mm-hmm. of the church. Um. This passage, I obviously don't think, needs to be used that way. I mean, we're talking about uh, the restoration of the of the land. I will say that the restoration of the people came as much 
as a, a surprise to them as the destruction of the people came Ooh. to them at the same time. <laughs> Which they, was a big surprise. That was also surprise! a huge surprise. <laughs> they, they did not think that Jerusalem would ever fall. They did not think God would ever give up his Davidic covenant mm. that he'd made a promise of. Um, they, they thought God would never let his house be destroyed. And so it really did come as quite a shock to them. <laughs> it's a surprise party. It's a costume party. Everyone's dressed like Babylonian. <laughs> and so it was not, uh, it was really, really surprising. But then once that happens, then the, the natural assumption is, you know, that we've been rejected. It's over. God is, I mean, either God has lost to Marduk or God has rejected us completely. And so they, that it was over. That's it. Does and God then, still do that to his favorite countries? And... <laughs> It's a times have changed a little bit. Um, okay. God's not a real fan of arrogance or people making him look bad. Mm. So that's all I'm saying. Mm. Um, but Jeremiah 31 is is it's going to be as, as big a surprise that there's restoration yeah. as that was that there was destruction. But now this restoration, this is no small thing. First of all, we're not just restoring Judah; we're also restoring Israel. Um, and oh. one of the indications here that that is. That's beyond imagination. Good luck with that. Exactly. I mean, Israel was exiled by the Assyrians. They The Assyrians' policy was to spread out peoples throughout the empire so they couldn't hold on to their ethnic identity. So the northern tribes were were completely spread away. They, they were lost ethnically um, over the course of years. And so the, re- the restoration of Israel is impossible. I mean, only God could do this. This is miraculous. Terminator um, three, I think. I thought that guy was gone several times, and he, came, he got yes. his act back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, that's probably the best analogy. It's like that if you're preaching, but not. I yeah. would say. Okay. Uh, you've, you've wandered a bit. I All think. Right. Push the metaphor. But no, it is. A, it is a. It's a shocking thing that that you can yeah, know. talk about now. I've seen it. Several times. The restoration of it. Ah, the restoration. Okay, that's got to be a lie that you've seen Terminator three several times. I have. Well, if it's on TV and I'm. I'm just cruising past. And yet, what, like, the remote broke? I mean, what's? <laughs> I don't understand. There's yeah, I, no... I like the shiny guy going through things. That's right? two. That's, that's Terminator 2. No, I think that's three, isn't it? No. With... When he's the Lamolton. <laughs> I yes. can't believe we're getting... <laughs> <laughs> this is Terminator 2. That's the one where he's come back in time and Schwarzenegger's the good guy and he's... Oh, that's right. I was just thinking, well, two is that he's a good guy and I, think, no, no, and no. I wasn't thinking about who the bad guy was. The oh, bad right. guy that's was the two. Molten okay. guy, right. yes. The Molten guy. Okay, yeah. Terminator Oh, sure, two. that one's good. Yeah, yeah, you can watch that one all you want. Terminator 3 was okay. terrible. No, all you right. can't watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So... As surprising as that movie illustration was, it would be to that's that was not so, at so all now surprising. it makes sense. Illustration makes sense now. Molten metal, sure. policeman. Yeah. yeah, no, it's more than that even because at least the pieces were there. Bad you know, cop. even though they were mercury, they were all over the place. Mm. Um, that's true. So it's going to have to be something. God's going to have to do this. <laughs> Stick to Jeremiah. God's going to have to reach in and do something different and do something special here. And and it's going to be a new covenant completely. He's just, you know what? We're just going to have to do this over. It, it's very reminiscent to me of um, Ezekiel when he says basically that he's, you know, I'm just going to have to make a new heart for says, you I'll, people. I'll be back. He de- no, that's oh, not Ezekiel. Oh. Uh, but he says, you know what? God's just going to have to make a whole new heart mm, for you because yeah. I can't even, it's not like I can fix the old one. Basically. We're just going to make a new one. Yeah. And so that's what's happening here. We're going to have a new covenant that's written on their heart the torah will be within people it's not going to be on tablets of stone but but actually within them they're going to know how to do what god wants them to do i will be their god they will be my people this is a direct connection obviously to the to the covenant back in exodus but it's it's new in so many ways right there you don't have to teach people now because they're just going to know mm-hmm. um and and so this is very it's very hopeful but i think very eschatological that's what i love about my job this is new age 
uh, new age language, mm-hmm. not new age yes, language, but mm-hmm. new age mm-hmm. language. <laughs> that that inbreaking of the new kingdom yeah. kind of idea. Yes, and, it is. And so I think that that's the context we need to think about it in rather than the, you know, supersession, aren't Christians better than Jews? It's not really the yeah. question this is particularly trying to answer. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah. Just work with me on that, Jeremiah. Who are these Christians? <laughs> Who are these Christians? Um, that was so funny. I had the uh, uh, got these test answers from students years ago, and one of my favorites was that the church struggled with their identity before Jesus was born. <laughs> and I thought, well, sure. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of people meeting, didn't know why. Drifting through life. <laughs> trying to figure out why we're getting together. Why, why did we walk into this church again? I, I forget. No idea. <laughs> so, yeah. Church struggled with their identity before Jesus was born. Hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> what else do we want to say about I know that, that happens to churches afterwards. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that happens too. Different issue of identity too. there. Um, do you have a... Is this... There's good verses in the new. There are some good verses here. In the <laughs> New see, Testament... Where does this show up in the New Testament? That's what I was going to ask. Uh, I got to think it shows up in Acts, but I can't think where. Okay. Because We went through Romans. I'm trying to remember. You know... When in second, uh, what this always reminds me of, and I don't think it's a direct illusion, but it might be, is the second Corinthians, mm. was mm-hmm. it five, when yeah. Paul says that you are my letters written, mm, like a letter of reference that. written on hearts. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, sounds like that. Sounds a little mm. bit like that. I wonder if he's borrowed that language yeah, in a way to, to talk about his relationship with his church in Corinth, um, maybe invoking yeah. it in some way. That's a good. That's a good question too. Why? Thank you. For me to think about that. Where does that show up? Usually, I'm 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 going through and like I hear the echo, but it's like where where all does that show up? That's a yeah. That's a different way to use the old sink sponge there. <laughs> well, <laughs> Squeeze out some. Glad, glad I could do something yeah, today. That's a challenge. Want to earn it's my money? Like cross training. I should try that. Cross like cross training. Cross training. Like with the cross like a or bad Christian workout. Uh, <laughs> some sort. That is a really bad Christian workout. <laughs> Yeah. Yikes. Anything else that I need to... We're going to take a break at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to find that reference in 2 Corinthians. Rob is looking something up. Yeah, but no, you can go ahead and talk amongst yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Let's break into groups. And uh, see how that works. I thought it was in 2 Corinthians 5, but I don't see it here. Oh, well. Who is the bad guy in Terminator? Terminator Three is that the woman? Uh, yes, oh. I think it was. Okay. I didn't. I only watched parts of it because okay. you know it's hard to watch because it wasn't good. Yeah, and, See, I don't have a reference Bible here. But then it would tell anyway, us where all was these the showed bad up. Guy in Terminator. This is great. <laughs> At least we know we found our title. I mean, that's always. It's nice to get that out of the way T2. early in the first seg- segment. And uh, yeah, before we focus like a laser on the topic, right? Hand. As we always tend to do. Mm-hmm. This is not my reference Bible. Okay. So, well, anyway, <laughs> this has been fun. I can't find what I'm looking for. I want to so splice in some weird, weird Al during that down. That would be good. We can have a little music to pick <laughs> little, us up during that. A little polka. Maybe, maybe one of those moments when the when it's sort of drug. How's the podcast? Kind of drags in the first <laughs> act. Dragging. Picks up. Picks up later. So. Let's see. I do have a reference by the way. Here. Let's oh see. yeah. What are we talking about? Thirty-three. Jeremiah thirty-one. Thirty-one. And. Hmm. Yes. It doesn't Mm. have Uh, much there. mm. That's interesting. It doesn't get used much. You would think it's, uh, no, it's doing more of a, uh, a little bit more interacting with 
the Old Testament text. That's interesting. They're not. They're not. They really don't going reference in the New, in the Testament. New Testament on no, your reference not. Bible. There, I'm sure it's referenced, but I, I'm just drawing a blank. But this reference Bible is sticking to the Old Testament when it's, so it's talking saying about saying it's only referencing in, only referenced in the Old yeah, Testament. I only see references to the Old Testament, which is funny because it's not. I mean, well, no, there it's are just, allusions, it's just, but you know, thematically, is going to be New something. Covenant is not something that is. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Is there. All right. Well, that was good. That was worth good use of our time. There. Worth going, <laughs> going deep, going deep on. I think so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So anyway, I went deep, but they didn't throw me the ball, so I was, <laughs> I was open. But... <laughs> they all say that. Yeah. You know, Everybody that says was all that. Wide open. Oh. All right. No, it's a classic text. Classic Jeremiah. And I know that everyone else here oh, is yes. ready for us to move yes. on. So, All right, Psalm 51, 1 through 12. You might have heard this one. Yeah. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Yeah, and then we leave off the somewhat confusing parts here at the end, where he says, you don't delight in sacrifice, or I'd bring it. And mm-hmm. at the end it says, but I'd bring really good sacrifices once everything gets straight. Yeah, yeah, so, we'll go back. Yeah. But he's get getting the, to the heart of the matter. The communal uh, shaping of this text. Um, this is a obvious. Is that right? Incredible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is that an obvious addition? Oh, it is. Okay. Oh, yeah, without question. Okay. The, the end of this, uh, the end of the psalm, we have uh, cano- some very obvious canonical shape- shaping because he says, uh, verse sixteen, "You have no delight in sacrifice. If you, if I, um, if I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice to the sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit and a broken mm. contrite mm-hmm. heart." And then the next verse is. Do good design and your good pleasure. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, which of course weren't down at this point. Mm. Uh, and then you will delight in right sacrifices. Uh, uh, right. So, I imagine added what it, the press secretary. What it, the what this psalmist clearly meant. Well, yeah, really, it's almost <laughs> was meaning there. Well, obviously, when you come back from uh, come back from exile, temple's not built. If this has been a psalm that you've preserved and you're having a hard time getting folks to build the temple, you probably don't want to sing about how God mm, doesn't yeah, like sacrifices, yeah. mm-hmm. that that can be yeah. mis- a, a good word in the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they those extra verses were added to the song, as <laughs> often happens. To, uh, I'm not going to preach that during the building campaign. Exactly. You know, God, I'm what, who asked you to build me a building? You know, okay, maybe not. Maybe I won't do Second Samuel 7 yeah. when I'm doing the yeah. building campaign. We can't worship in spirit um, and in truth. Yeah, right, exactly. Although the sanctuary could use some new carpet. <laughs> Exactly. Verses to avoid. These are, these are life hacks that we give on this on this podcast. Ministry hacks. We but, are both ministry hacks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fairly obvious. Um, but Psalm 51, we have the uh, classic Psalm of David, very famous, uh, often um, 
quoted in song, and uh, it is has a superscription that is left out here, but this uh, psalm is contextually placed within David's sin with Bathsheba, the, the situation that caused such internal struggle in his house. Yes. Um, in fact, it was that sin which really, for the book of Samuel, made it look like the Davidic covenant might actually fall apart. Uh, it was a... Um, it the it's an expose really into David's life. Uh, the one thing I'm certain yeah. of, anybody who talks about uh, the peaceful reign of David, um, the one thing you're certain about those people is they've never read the Bible. I mean, that's absolutely yeah. certain because it was a mess, and yes. it started. I mean, he had a great deal. Once again, he was doing real well, hmm. and then yeah. uh, bowling three hundreds, as I understand it, mm-hmm. and then the Bathsheba incident comes. So, uh, oh. this is the the prayer of forgiveness. Uh, and it's unusual. You don't get a lot of prayers of repentance in the Psalms. I think mm. we think there are mm. more than there are. Um, it yeah. is more common that the psalmist says, I didn't do anything. Why am I <laughs> suffering? <laughs> so, that's true. You read a lot of that. There's a lot. That's a much more common prayer. It's like, wait and a minute, God. Like, yeah, get them. Yeah, Lord. exactly. What about them? Exactly. I'm, I didn't do anything. Why am I having a problem? Why aren't you doing your job, God? Mm. That, that's a much more common mm. psalm uh, than this one, which is, and there, there are a couple, but there's not, not a lot of have mercy on me for I'm a sinner kind of, kind of prayers. Um, but this sin, I mean, David is, you think in the, amongst the people of God there, which are there more <laughs> what kind of prayer is more common? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you wonder which Hear kind the of prayer, prayer of my heart. I'll go, I am hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got him in the psalmist proportional. <laughs> the, um, the, the psalmist here is, acknowledging the the complete nature of his sin his whole life that he's mm. you know completely guilty he's not trying to hide this at all that this is a this is a systemic problem for him he's this, <laughs> he's uh, chronic god has got issues uh, all the way through uh we do have a a liturgical reference purge me with hyssop those branches would often be used mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. as a brush like yeah. a sprinkling brush in in those moments and mm. uh, to of rites of purification in the temple and such yep. Um, wonderful chorus uh, that created me a clean heart, put a new and right spirit within me. That again, that sense of newness is that um, probably what connects it to the Jeremiah passage. Yeah. You know, the new and right spirit, so. the new covenant in the heart, the uh, new way in the wilderness in Isaiah, the the new heart in Ezekiel, the resurrection image in Ezekiel. So all of this, the sense of newness. You know, we mm-hmm. need this newness um, in us. Um, we do see that reflection in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit was, uh, um, would come and leave, um, from time to time, yeah. it would come on and then it would go <laughs> and David doesn't want to lose that here. It's a wonder it ever came back. So yeah, right. Why would, after knowing us, why would you? Mm. Um, and so it would, that I think an important, uh, theological reflection there that, that he's, he's showing that that's the way it happened back then. The spirit would come, the spirit would go. Mm. Um, what else we want to talk about here? He's not blaming his mom, is he? I don't For think he's blaming his okay. mom. No, okay. I think he's blaming himself. Okay, um, that's good. That, that his guilt is it's just it's just totally guilty, completely guilty yeah. is what this is. Yeah. There's not. It's a good. It's a good template of repentance. Yeah, it is. It's not. It's not society's fault. It's not my environment. Mm. This is me. Mm-hmm. This is a me okay. problem. Yeah. I was made like this, and it's yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And he's not blaming God for being made. He's just saying this is yeah. completely on him. Yeah. Um, and done what is evil in God's sight. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. David 
tends to always do the right thing when, even in the moments when he was caught, he responds correctly, um, which is probably why you can call David uh, the man after God's own heart. I, I prefer to translate that after as pursuing in that sense of chasing God's oh, own heart. Okay. Um, because I don't have another explanation for why the adulterer and murderer is the mm. man after mm-hmm. God's own heart. Yeah. And Saul, the guy who offered a sacrifice he shouldn't have and didn't kill everyone, is completely and totally rejected by God. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, for me, on the scales, yeah. you know, David is far worse off here. And, um, but David, David does it right. David, it seems that it really bothered David when he fell short, when he didn't, mm-hmm. he wanted to do what God said. And mm-hmm. when he didn't do what God said, it truly did affect him. And so that seems to be the difference between the two of them. Cause Saul sometimes I think didn't even realize he didn't do what God said. Um, yeah. Right. And David here does mm-hmm. heartfelt coming to God, accepting complete responsibility and, and throwing himself on God's, on God's mercy. So, mm. Yeah, this has one of the longer titles, actually, this psalm. Yeah. Uh, to the leader, a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. That is the title of the psalm. Copyright. <laughs> 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 so, <be> <laughs> exactly. By the time the DJ has announced that over the radio, yeah. the song has just ended. So. Yeah, this is an FM song. Yeah, exactly. The beginning of it. Yeah, great psalm. Yeah, let's do all of 119 also. Since we're I, yeah, I know what? I don't think we need to do all of no. 119. No. Okay. Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today. I think we should move on to Hebrews. Keep them wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> ready for Hebrews 5? Who's ready? Who's ever ready for Hebrews? Yes. Well, our colleague. Let's say I am. But yeah. let's, let's go with this. Yeah. Hebrews 5, verses 5 to 10. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. What a good psalm. Um, as he also, in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Another good psalm. Uh, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, having been designated by God, a high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. Yeah. Well, personally, I'm excited to get an answer about Melchizedek. This oh, is this is okay. great. So, well, you know what I read that today. I don't know if you notice this in reading yes. through Hebrews, but it talks about Jesus as a priest. What? Yes. I. You it's know, a subtle thing. There's a theme there. If you're careful, careful yeah. readers will note. Yeah. Well, the thing that's interesting. What I heard. I don't know if I've read this before. I don't. I don't. I don't dabble in Hebrews a lot. But the great thing about Melchizedek is that he was a priest and a king. Yes. I didn't like. And when I never not get that before. He's yeah. a king and a priest. Okay, which is, which and Jesus his name is. means uh, king of righteousness. Yeah, in Hebrew. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So um, the superior. It's, it's been talking about the superiority of Jesus over angels, over mm-hmm. Moses, mm-hmm. over. There's something with a J, and I can't remember <laughs> what it is. <laughs> uh, well, 
that's funny. Hmm. My <laughs> your brain seemed to my stop mnemonic there. device did not work at that point. <laughs> Something else, and then he gets into a better a better priesthood at this point. Okay, yeah, and he's alluded to his, his priesthood here. Joshua. Uh, it, if Joshua had given them rest, ah, that's it. Yeah, later. yeah, it's Joshua leading them into the rest yeah. of the land. That's what it was. Oh. Something with a J. You were, you were there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there you go. I wasn't going to flip back there, but yeah, this is a. Um, it's all about Jesus' superiority over mm-hmm. these uh, the older the older covenant, and even you know Jeremiah's talking about a new a new covenant. When I when we deal with Hebrews in New Testament survey, I have them fill out a. Uh, a uh, um, LinkedIn profile for Jesus. For Jesus, how he's so he's somewhat superior. You know, you got to sell yourself, Jesus. On yeah, this sure. One. What someone said, uh, some of his skills. Uh, he, he, word. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah. Word. I saw that it was like sacrifice, <laughs> uh, teaching, Microsoft Word. word. <laughs> <laughs> but he just said, they just said Word. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I think yeah. it was just Word. Yeah. Yeah. That so, was funny. Yeah. So this is one of those places, and I, I've always. Wondered about why choose Melchizedek. I always thought it was the uh, the mysterious origins of Melchizedek. But That's uh, what I assumed. I'm thinking there aren't that many people who are priests and kings. I mean, after uh, you know, uh, I guess during the Maccabees there were some right. rulers who were priests. Yeah, Jonathan, but it's a separate thing in 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 Jewish tradition, not usually. tradition, but history. Usually, right. yeah, yeah, usually until Second Temple Judaism. Yeah. Jonathan. Oh, okay. Jonathan Ma- Maccabee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you were talking yeah. about the Hasmonean. Yeah, yes. but I've been the, the uh, like the first Temple Judaism. Yeah, first so Temple Judaism. Kept, they didn't have yeah, that. These are, you got priests. You got kings, kings did kings. Priests yeah. did priests. Things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's he's both of those things. And what, he, he also isn't in the line of Levi or Aaron or I mean, it, so it, it become it gives you a, a nice parallel, yeah, a different, non, kind. A different kind of priestly line that yeah. you can come from there. Yeah, and he's not in. Kingly line either. He's not it's a, a different. Line either, it's a yeah. different. Well, David. Well, Melchizedek. Not, yeah, Melchizedek. Yeah, he's a Canaanite yeah. priest king. Right, so that's like, true. And he's got mysterious or so like like you say when there's no backstory. You yeah, can do right. a lot with that. That's true. And they do, and they do Melchizedek quite a bit um, in Hebrews. Well, that's quoting a, a Psalm 110 too, mm-hmm. yep. uh, as well. Yep. So yep. very popular Psalm in the New Testament, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. And Psalm, um, Psalm two, right? Yeah. So yeah, Psalm two also yeah. a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, so you got your, you got your kingly Psalm and your priestly Psalm and yeah. combined in Jesus. What's interesting is this, uh, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. That sounds very reminiscent of, um, of the garden. Yeah. Um, although that's also a, common sort of feature of the prayers of the righteous, mm. asking for deliverance from death. And Jesus isn't delivered from death through these prayers or in the prayers in the garden, but rather, you know, through death, ultimately vindicated and mm-hmm. exalted on the other side. You know, it's funny you're mentioning this king and priest thing, because at Qumran, they were expecting two messiahs. Mm-hmm. They were expecting the priestly messiah and a kingly messiah. Yeah. They separated it, right? Yeah. One mm-hmm. from David, one from Aaron. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean... Would have been more convenient to well, that should have been much easier. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? We're going to divide that job description up because it's yeah. kind of hard to find the right candidate to do both. Yeah, well. that is tough. That's but, a tough search. But if the Essenes were as prominent around as um, as Josephus seems to say that they were, if they had numbers rivaling the Pharisees around, I wonder if the, how this kind of text might have been received. If there were a large number of Jews who were thinking in terms of kings and priests being separate, to then intentionally link them. Yeah. Um, this is almost, you know, apologetic in that mm-hmm. way, in, in that kind of 
yeah. community. Yeah. Although it has, it doesn't have, I mean, that's a very separatist sect. And this has a lot of features of uh, Hellenistic Mainline Judaism. Hellenistic Judaism. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So I don't know. That's uh it's we don't have a lot on the backstory exactly. Yeah, right. And who, exactly who how Paul was writing to in this <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul was Paul's writing letter to. to the Hebrews. Right. You ought to say something about authorship now that you've mocked well, we don't, Paul there. We don't know who, who wrote it. <laughs> say the writer. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews. That's I think who wrote it was Lydia. It. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Priscilla. E- equally <laughs> equally as well grounded in the in fact, <laughs> in evidence. Why not? Yeah. And uh, th- so they do have some characteristics. We met- just mentioned um, Hellenistic Judaism, mm-hmm. some characteristics of uh, Greek um, child rearing or education or discipline. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Oh, okay. I see. That's actually a, a proverb that has a little play on words there. He, uh, I'm not going to be able to find it he soon enough, but it's, it's like a rhyme. It's like a uh, learned obedience through what mon- he suffered. Monthe through what you ponthe, something like that. Apo, something like learning through suffering, like snooze you lose. It's oh, okay. uh, learning the verb and suffer sound the same in that oh, okay. conjugation. So it oh, was, yeah, it's, I, I feel it's that. A, I feel that. Like, yeah. Learning and suffering sound the same. Yeah. Like, it's midterm. I, I get it. I <laughs> like get it. They're mathletes, <laughs> you know. It's a, it's a little, it's a common uh, phrase. Almost every commentary I looked at says, that's, that's proverbial. That's a, that's just a rhyming sort of proverbial phrase, and it's certainly common part of um, um, Greek upbringing. They they would use the term beatings as a part part of your education is beatings. I, I, wow! I wonder if I use the word beatings, I'd probably use uh, discipline. Yeah, <laughs> strong beatings. Discipline. Although in that world, I mean, yeah, right. They, that would be people were pretty physically rough with mm-hmm. with their their children. So. Uh, I don't think I would preach that that way, but but certainly learning through. Well, this through is one of those times discipline. when we need to translate the culture, yeah. right? Let's, yeah. not, let's not go one to one on this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He learned obedience through what he suffered, having been made perfect. He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. So he is superior, um, and he is he is a. Let's see, where's where's the part about. Hmm. Having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, something about God. Some, oh, I was reading this. Something about God being in a Greek context, not feeling, not feeling suffering, not be able to oh, right. empathize with their suffering. Right. So, the unlike impassive, unlike you know other gods, he in fact does uh, feel our suffering. In fact, has been perfected through suffering to be the ultimate high priest. Mm. Um, made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. So he is a superior in in that sense that he has gone through everything that we have gone through and uh, submitted and been made complete in terms of his role as the one who intercedes. So he's talked about a few things, the letter writer, you know, about high priests. They're, mm-hmm. they're intercessors. They're, they're appointed by other people. They don't appoint themselves. And yeah. that's why he starts with uh, Christ did not glorify himself, did not, you know, make himself high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, you are See, my that, son today. That could be the dig at the Hasmoneans because Jonathan did. Right? Ah, Jonathan okay. named himself high yeah. priest. The The ideals of the Maccabean revolt were lost. Huh. He took over kingship, but you know, his dad was a priest. And since the priesthood had become so important, um, the previous priest was named Jason because, you mm-hmm. know, Antiochus had auctioned off that position. And so he named himself king and high priest. 
Um, huh. and so that I wonder. Oh, that's interesting. That no one, no one referred to that. Although they did refer to the the in the age of the Maccabees, the uh, yeah, the coalescent of those two two roles, huh? Yeah, but he didn't name. But he as named a, himself as a dig at that, that's interesting. Huh. I wonder if that is a connection yeah. there. Hmm. Because yeah, that was that was where a lot of the power was, king and, and high priest. You wanted mm-hmm. those positions, and so he just named himself king and high priest. Yeah. So well, and that's two two things. Well, we watched a little segment of uh, N.T. Wright last night in my life immunity Jesus class, and he was really talking about the hopes for the restoration uh, focused around kingship and temple. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh yeah, and, and then I then I did a little study in for Hebrews this morning. I go, oh, that's interesting how those yeah. those coalesce in Jesus. In Mm-hmm. And uh, he's 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 also eternal. He's a, right. an eternal, a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who doesn't have a lineage. So therefore, he doesn't have a beginning or an end. Right. right. <laughs> Creative. Well, you know that that rebellion, that Hasmonean rebellion, the Maccabean revolt, started because of you know that Greek high priest and mm-hmm. you know problems there. And so the notion was, hey, he's not even a Zadokite high priest. Everyone you knows you have to have a descendant of Zadok to, to be high priest. And then after the rebellion, they're like, hey, we got rid of the Greeks. He's like, you know what? I could be high priest. <laughs> yeah, and, and exactly. So some of the yeah. folks who were, you know, I, I actually talk about the origins of the Jewish sectarian groups in that moment. I said, because your options are, yeah, I guess he can be high priest. Yeah. They become the Sadducees, right? Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. got the, no, he can't be high priest. We're going to keep having this argument there, the Pharisees. Yeah. And, okay. and the other group goes, no, he can't be high priest. Forget it. We're leaving until God sorts you all out. And that's yes. Yeah. Okay. That's not <laughs> so bad. Those that's are basically bad. your three three responses to Jonathan's self-proclaimed priestness uh, in his kingship. So, um, And they act like they act like the, uh, the former rulers. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. You talk about. Yeah. I talk about that in the context of Hellenism. Uh, there's no separate Jewish culture, Hellenistic culture. Right. Yeah, it's, it's just they're infiltrating each other and they're mixing. And even when they had that little brief period when they're determining themselves, they acted like the Greeks. They acted like the Greeks, <laughs> right. Yeah, they acted like yeah. the Gentiles. So, yeah. Yeah. Until the Romans came in and fixed things. By the way, if you wonder where those stories are, you can find them in a Bible with the Apocrypha. Mm-hmm. So if you are from a uh, tradition that does not have those as canonical, you might want to find yourself a Bible when your friends aren't looking <laughs> and uh, look up first Maccabees and read yeah. the stories. So. But be careful because if you're flipping around in church and you come across the wisdom of Jesus Ben Sirach and someone sitting next to you and sees it and says, what's that? The wisdom of Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> Whose kid was Wait, he? What? <laughs> I had a, had that happen to me in a church once. <laughs> you weren't is, reading in church, were you? I was. I was reading in church, but oh. I was also trying to distract myself yes. because the sermon was boring. So. <laughs> Yes, the Apocrypha. You'll be amazed. That's an extra. But wait, there's, there's 66 more. books, but wait, there's more. Right. <laughs> yes, there's all kinds of interesting stuff. But it's fun. So even, yeah, even though those books, for those who don't know, those books come from that uh, period of Second Temple Judaism after traditionally the Old Testament closes and before the New Testament opens. So they're pious uh, Jewish texts that, that fill in some of that history and some other poetic books. You could call them intertestamental. You you're could just call talking them. about a book and your colleagues weren't around. <laughs> That's right. You could say the word intertestamental. Yeah, I'm always worried <laughs> look our, over our, our Hebrew scholar could uh, summons out of nowhere to say, what did you say? Well, so, anyway. We should have called him in, but we don't have that long of a podcast. That's right. He would dig deep. He would dig very deep. Yes.
You want to do John? Do some John. All right. This is a place where you can dig deep. Yeah. Uh, John 12, 20 to 33. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. Great. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, because apparently Philip didn't want to go to Jesus by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. <laughs> Which the guy said, is that a yes? No, no. Uh, yeah, very tr- no, no answer there. <laughs> very, they don't ever get to talk to Jesus. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it eternal life whoever serves me must follow me and where i am there my servant there will my servant be also whoever serves me the father will honor now my soul is troubled and what shall i what should i say father save me from this hour no it is for this reason that i've come to this hour father glorify your name then a voice came from heaven i have glorified it and i will glorify it again <laughs> the crowd standing is there heard it and said that it was thunder i others, said it was just rob <laughs> <laughs> said an angel has spoken to him Jesus answered, the voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. Yeah. And he never got back to those Greeks. All right. Now, why did he even put the Greeks? All right. Now, we we can't read all the psalm, but we get three verses on the Greeks that don't ever get answered. (laughs) Could you explain the lectionary to me on this one? Yeah. that, That means all people are coming to him. That's it? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they, they can exit the stage at that point. They serve their purpose. All people are coming, but they can't get any answers. No, well, no, they're just some, they're saying this is just an example. Of Jesus has talked about this that when all people coming to him, and he'll talk about it again, and he just talks about it now at the end, thirty-two. Um, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will I will draw all people to myself? So it's his hour, and all people are coming. He's drawing all people to himself. But that's their only role. <laughs> that's actually, their only role. Actually, I think 23 to 32 is his answer. You think so? I do. And he's building up to And then he says, and when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all people unto myself. So obviously, yes. Jesus answered <laughs> them. He did. He answered them. The hour has come for me to be glorified. And then at the okay. end, he says, well, when I'm lifted up, I, all people will come. Course, so I've, you know what? Bring them on in. Sure. I've seen the movie. Sure. So they actually, they don't get to talk to Jesus. Uh, you've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. They don't talk to him in the movie. It's they just great. stand there. It's great because they, they're in classic bright white togas <laughs> at the temple. Oh, it's, and everyone in my class always laughs. When they get to, <laughs> the Greeks who show like, up. That's probably not good if, they, if the whole class laughs. Even they get it. It's probably... You know, Greeks didn't always dress like that, and very rare to have all white clothing in that time. Yeah, not a lot of bleach. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's just like right out of Animal House or something. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's like, and they oh, walk up. you guys must be Greek. You're not from around here, aren't you? <laughs> hey, could we talk to Jesus? I'll go ask Andrew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, course, Andrew. Philip has a Greek name, so. That's might, true. Might he does. The one who's approachable. So he's more approachable. He Was was he also in a toga? <laughs> Not his in wasn't movie. white, though, no. <laughs> no. No, but he had his Macedonian no, university he, shirt he on. He pledged in a fraternity, so <laughs> they knew him from another house. They knew him from a house. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He had his Macedonian university <laughs> hey, shirt bro. on. Then, bro, see if you can Phil. get us to Jesus. And Andrew goes with Philip and Jesus then spends the next 10 verses not, yeah. not answering their question. Yeah, that's a, I was going to say that's a no. <laughs> sounds like no, guys. Yeah. But later, everyone will get to be drawn to him. Wow! So, yeah, they just kind of play a function. They don't, they don't get their, they this don't get weird. their question answered. Although in the scene, they always stand out in the crowd because, like, 
Oh, it's those Greeks. They're still there. <laughs> they're still in the crowd for the rest so of the movie. White. <laughs> they got these bright white togas. <laughs> it's like they're still waiting for their answer, evidently. <laughs> I haven't heard if we can hear him or not. <laughs> yeah. uh, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground. I have no idea where he's going with yeah. the story. <laughs> Is this a yes? I thought it was a yes or no question. Is this an answer to my question? Mm. Yeah. So it uh, they are playing a function within the narrative to say, oh, it's that hour that he's been foreshadowing and and he's always been saying my now hour is not now my hour is not yet come yeah. and now he says the hour has come okay. okay and so so it was the greeks who ushered in the hour <laughs> they're kind of a sign that the hour has come oh okay. if you're kind of compressing the whole passion into one looking at it as one thing then it's uh it's the hour of his death mm-hmm. and that's when he will that's what will cause him to bring all people to himself uh the lifting up the lifting up from the earth, the glorification, which is also an image of crucifixion. Well, this is on the heels of uh, Lazarus, right? Lazarus is chapter yeah. 11. Is that mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then then the Greeks come. <clears throat> yeah. What's in? I just looked up what's in uh, the beginning of this chapter. It is uh, Martha, it Lazarus, Mary took the pound of costly perfume. Ah, uh, the anointing. Nard. Yeah, all these things Jesus are Jesus' feet. Yes, all these things are pointing to his death. So he doesn't get a he doesn't get an anointing. Judas said know, that afterwards. was expensive. Don't you think we could have done something with that? Yeah, <laughs> in that voice. Jesus. Some said he whined. Some said he groused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wasted. So everything about this, from the uh, the death of Lazarus on, is um, pointing to Jesus' hour having arrived. Okay, and um, so that's it, what the anointing is. That's an anointing for death. That's mm-hmm. a, a that's an, a, the kind of anointing you would give a king. The amount of spices that Joseph Arimathea and uh, um, Nicodemus bring are fit for a king. And um, now he's announcing that his hour has come. And and unlike the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where they do have that scene in mm-hmm. the garden where he's troubled and and prays for the cup to pass, that's not in John. Right? Yeah, okay. he's in control. It's kind of here. It's kind of. You kind of get it at the at the tomb of Lazarus, the kind of the mm-hmm. language the and, and yeah. the being troubled in his spirit, profoundly his spirit, and here. Um, whereas you don't get that before the arrest scene, you get it you get it at the tomb and, oh. and here. So the now my soul is troubled, mm-hmm. and what should I say? Father, yeah, what should save I say? Me? Like Ugh. Matthew, Mark, and Luke say, Father, shall I no. save me from the? No, I'm not going to do that. So that's why I'm here. And no, it is for this reason I've come to this hour. So it's, it's one of these points he's making over against that background of the over more common the story. Yeah. yeah, he really and, is. And then at the arrest, after he's laid down his life to negotiate their release, <laughs> Peter pulls his sword. Right. He said, put your sword away. Bad timing. And have <laughs> I not, shall I not take the cup my father's given me? He strides forth to take the cup of suffering. Because in John, it is a way to highlight how Jesus reveals God to us. Okay. He's not in tension with God's will desire but in fact he's in perfect harmony with it and that is how all this is achieved uh to um both salvation and judgment you know now usually talk about it as as salvation but now is the judgment of this world now is the ruler of this world is will be driven out so yeah two sides of the coin in in john everything everything is now so Mm -hmm. they sent acts that sound like new creation but he's also said for those who who reject that creative light coming into the world Mm -hmm. The the experience of they're that. judged already. They're judged, yeah. So the things there are people who talk about everything is now in John mm-hmm. creation and right. judgment. You know things that the yeah. distant past and the the distant future. No, those actually happen now. Yeah, there is no eschatology in John, in a right? sense. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's 
I mean, there are people who take it too far. Boltman took it too far, and he would say there is there's there is nothing in the future. It's all now. It's, it's like well, now. that's not exactly what John is saying. He is talking about a future time, and he doesn't preclude that, but he does emphasize the reality of the presence, the inbreaking of that life experience now. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, I talk about it as an inbreaking of the kingdom, but in John, it would be uh, life, life, life eternal, yeah. something that begins now. You experience it now, depending on how you respond to Jesus. So. Mm. Judgment is the other side of that for those who who reject that life. It's an unavoidable consequence. He doesn't come to judge the world. We talked about was that last that week. We were last talking? week, yeah, just three. last week. He doesn't yeah. come to judge the world, but it is a but it's the judgment of the world consequence of what's left if you reject yeah. the means of uh, salvation. Mm-hmm. What's what's left for the people like that? I'm I'm fascinated about this poking the synoptics. Mm-hmm. That is that is really interesting. It that, is interesting. That he's that John is making this point when telling this that. He's using them to make a different point. You know, now what am I going to say? Am I going to say, Father, take this cup, let it pass? Am I going to say to forgive me? God, let, let me pick another way. Puh! Yeah, yeah, right? Wink, wink. Not one of those kind of, I ain't that Jesus. Yeah, it's so, it's so replete in here. It's so, it's so common in John. But as you know, I know scholars never talk about it. No, and it drives me nuts. And I, I mean, there, I do nutty things in light of that. You do, you do. <laughs> I mean, you're right. There are there are survey texts that that offer speculation whether John even knew the synopsis. Uh, yeah, right? He's just he, nuts. completely independent. It, really, really, there've been a hundred you know, ninety years worth of Christians, yeah, but he's, right. no one's heard the stories before uh-huh. now. Before John tells it this way, <laughs> yeah. And and Matthew and Mark, we're looking at Mark, right? Or Matthew something and Luke, very looking at Mark. Ma- Matthew and Luke, we're looking at Mark. It's like, how could John have cost, possibly known these others? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, the world wasn't that big. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, we're not. We're not saying no. that John was composed in Thailand while no. the rest of these people no. were in. I, I mean, know. it wasn't that far away. It was. It's, yeah, this isn't that big of a group. And then to use the language like, you know, I take the cup or, you know, should I, should I say, Father, save me from this hour? Yeah. Like you might have heard Quote, some people suggest I might have said. Yeah. No, I'm not no. going to say that. This is the reason I'm here. It would be like watching a parody of a, of a, of a movie or a genre, you know, like yeah. a scary movie. Yeah. And never having seen a scary, you're not realizing it's a parody. You know? Right, it's right. Like, yeah. No, you don't, you know, it, you get a lot more out of it when you realize right. if, what if this you, is doing. If you listen to the uh, the Hamilton polka, having never yeah. listened to the Hamilton right. musical, yeah. then you're like, really? This is the music? This is yeah. weird. What is huh. this? What this is you get out of this? is no big deal. There's yeah. no, it's nothing here. Yeah. This is strange. It's like it's like a it's like a little opening to a cave that becomes expansive when you realize, oh, that's what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. It's just, so he's drawing on those other traditions again. Oh, absolutely. I think I yeah. think it's it's just it just makes sense of so much in John when mm-hmm. you re- realize that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, well, it has, and you know, you're the one who's introduced me to that because I used to I used to joke about that too that that the uh, the synoptics were like. Um, the gospels were like people witnessing a car accident and the synoptics were all on the same side of the street and John was in a helicopter flying over at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. It's just a completely different perspective. Yeah, yeah. But, but knowing that John knows what they're doing and is doing something intentionally different to make sure you don't miss the point. Yeah. He um, knows it's more geared toward not, it's not over against Matthew, Mark and Luke. It's over against your lack of appropriation of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Right, you right. know it, but you don't know it. But you haven't gotten it, yeah. So he's a he's a radical conservative. He's trying to retain the message, mm-hmm. 
in a in an age when people are callous to the message, or yeah. it's been long enough that it might be going in one ear and out the other. Yeah, and, or saying, "Oh, there's more. Oh, it's yeah. deeper than that." So I yeah. think it comes from his life experience. Mm-hmm. He's, he's lived a profound life in the spirit. He talks about that, um, which has given him insight into Jesus. Which is also he wants to say, "This is not just for me, but there's more depth. There's more to this. There's there's yeah. more. Jump in." You know, swim down here to the uh, the deep end. The deep end. And um, one way to get them, get your attention and, and uh, provoke them into thinking about that is to, to say something familiar in an unfamiliar way. I mean, right. that's, I mean C.S. Lewis that's talks teaching. about that, yeah. you know? That's, uh, you start where people are, and then you kind of like, hmm, tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Tease the mind into reflection. Making the—well, one of my—the first line of my teaching philosophy is that, you know, a good teacher makes the familiar unfamiliar and the unfamiliar familiar. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that that's what he's doing here. He's taking the familiar stories that they know and perhaps have become callous to and aren't listening to anymore, and he's presenting them in a way that's going to shock them into listening, right? To getting mm-hmm. them out of the numbness of the way yeah. the story is being mm-hmm. told. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, I mean, I people are just flipping through their apocrypha. In church. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking about something like you know comparing something like Passion of the Christ to to Godspell, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. something that radically yeah. different from one another. Right. You know, one's trying to, and I always want to think of philosophies of translation, right? The notion of a formal correspondence versus dynamic equivalence, right? That's it. This is, you've got the, you've got uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke that are the NRSV and you've got John that is the message, right? So yeah. it's, you know, trying to mm-hmm. play yeah, with it, language It's a purposeful ways. choosing another word that you haven't heard before. Right. Where you think the word you have heard before is going to show up. Yeah. You're expecting you know? this word and yeah. then something changes. It's going to be more poetic or more concrete. Like, and then you have to like, what? It right. definitely jars you. It makes you, uh, shakes you, awakens you. That's a that's a fascinating use of that. Yeah. Um, God shows up. This almost sounds like baptism, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The voice. The voice it came from heaven. Yeah. From heaven. I've glorified it, and it mm-hmm. will, it will glorify mm-hmm. it. Again. Which doesn't doesn't occur. In, yeah. You don't have a baptism here. In, uh, in, the, in no baptism in John. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think about that. This is one of those. He takes familiar things and he puts them in, in different places. Yeah. He moves the order around them. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We so, talked about that with temple cleansing and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. the chronology. He's not thinking of chronology the way we're talking about. Chronology. He's not. No, I don't think so. He's not revising the chronology, but he's he's uh, doing something provoking you to think about it with the chronology. Yeah. He does he does amazing things with time. Mm-hmm. Creates this depth through uh, and juxtaposing things upon each other, like you know, crucifixion language woven together with glorification language. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and Lazarus coming right before this is the provoking moment mm-hmm. that, that gets everybody yeah. angsty yeah. <laughs> about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Well, triumphal entry was right before this too. Right, right? the triumphal yeah. entry. So everything is about well, his death and his well, his death is a you know a lifting up, a glorification, mm-hmm. a triumph. Um. So yeah, those things are woven together in an interesting fashion, and his anointing for death is the. De- the anointing for a king. Yeah. His barrel is the barrel for a king. So putting those two together, like a king is glorified and, and his death, you know, all the way through from 11 on, certainly. Yeah, this is very artistic gospel, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's genius. It is, it is, it's profound. Uh, not just in its literary level, but it's like what, what he's pointing to through that literary skill is what's, mm-hmm. it's profound on every level. Yeah. It's kind of now you were, you have said before that 
that often when we're looking at this, we're thinking in terms of that first community that is hearing this, that, that Christian community, that when you're talking about it, you're talking about Christ's presence being among us, how he never leaves, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. Is mm-hmm. there something there in this? I mean, I was just curious. About, about the community at the end of the first yeah. century? Yeah, the community at the end of the first century I that's receiving this that gospel. here. Yeah, I talk about different levels, like it's, it's just ministry, there's mm-hmm. elements that are kind of um, quintessential I mean, like, Christian experiences yeah, for everyone experiences. Yeah, you talk about the, like the man born blind uh-huh. reflecting being kicked out of the synagogue, which was happening yeah, to these people right. at the beginning of the first century. Right. Is, is there anything in this that... <clears throat> Maybe something with the Greeks. The Greeks? That's what I was, that's what yeah, I was curious about. Yeah, because there's so much about how he phrases things and casts his net very broadly at the beginning, and then, and then you realize... As you go through, there's points like, oh, he's not just speaking to a narrowly Jewish yeah. context, uh, but a, but a, a Hellenized Jewish or Hellenistic world, mm-hmm. and that this probably this is a well, church that's what that's, it is. I mean, if he's saying, I mean, on some levels, I wonder, I wonder if this isn't John's version of the the uh, Jerusalem Council in Acts 15, right? Mm-hmm. That the Greeks come and say, hey, right. can we listen to yeah. him? And Jesus's answer is. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Thirty-two. I will draw all people to yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, they yeah. can come Which, too. Is really his answer on this? See verse twenty-one. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah, that sense of that. Yeah. Okay. Philip and Andrew may want to be gatekeepers, but I'm drawing all people to myself here. So, yeah, and he wonder. and and so this is an accomplished fact for the audiences hearing this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why are there? Why? How can we claim to be the true Israel over against the synagogue? Yeah. And have be so and have dominated by Greeks, right? You know? <laughs> have all these Greeks in their white togas in our church? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> how'd they, how'd they get here? They're in laurel wreaths and whatnot. <laughs> I don't think they're wearing laurel wreaths, but that would have been awesome if they were wearing <laughs> laurel wreaths and togas. <laughs> they Wonder where the togas. Greeks are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did I mention we're Greek? Oh, obviously. Yeah. So this would resonate. I mean, this is um, those things that the church, either the the character of the church is is. Woven into the story, it's like why do we have Greeks? Right, because this is what he does. He draws all people. Because, like, like I said, since you've brought that to my attention last year, now I'm seeing it everywhere in John. Right, that 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 how this it is everywhere. this community. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I'm seeing it, which is very exciting. <laughs> that that at that community, that church community at the beginning of the first century is so thoroughly uh, woven through this gospel in subtle ways. Mm-hmm. You know that they're actually well, through, like every sermon you give, your that congregation is woven into your. Sermon, whether yeah. they know it or not. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You know it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you might read a, an old sermon and you realize, oh, oh, that reminds me of that congregation. Oh, that's yeah. why I preached that message that, that in way. That time yeah. at that to that group. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and all the gospels are that way. I think, yeah, to a degree. I mean, there's always a broader audience beyond that initial community. I think, mm-hmm. but you can get a sense of. Oh, a, I see it. I mean, yeah. for some reason. In the synoptics to me, <laughs> for some reason, when I read that in the synoptics, I'm reading it the same way as first Corinthians, right? Oh, this is what's going on in Corinth. And mm-hmm. this is the mm-hmm. letter to the Corinthians, you know, and Matthew, well, this is what's going on with those, you know, yeah. Jewish Christians. And this is the, but with John is something different about that. Yeah. I don't even know what to think about. I mean, it is, it is the, the original community receiving it is hearing it differently, but they're also in it in a way that I don't know that yeah. Matthew feels the mm-hmm. same way to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it's that a, is. Yeah, it's a little more elegant. I don't know. It's kind of, uh, it's it's almost seamlessly in there. And yeah. then you, re- you have to stop. And I mean, unless you asked that question, I wouldn't have thought about that with the Greeks. So they thought about the, the community, you know. It's 
Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, I hope that uh, you have had a good week uh, and gleaned something before we uh, celebrate the triumphal entry. I did. I got the whole Terminator order figured out. You were really struggling with that. So then there's the whole reboot. We won't talk about Genesis or anything because I'm not sure how that fits into any of this anymore. But but I do hope that uh, you have a good week as we move forward toward uh, Palm Sunday. Yeah. And uh, blessings. Blessings.